It's week number nine in the NFL. It is Halloween, and it's almost November. This is when the pretenders show themselves from the contenders. What's going on, everybody? Always 100 Podcast live, Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com. On the line with me, Uncle Trevor. Hi, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good. Doing really good. And, Mom, how's it going? Sure, going well. Waiting for the game of the week. Well, not really, but <laughs> Dallas and the Giants. Well, I'm waiting for that. Well, I mean, yeah. If you're talking about the if you're talking about the game of the week being Sunday night in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium, you're right on the money because that is the game of the week. Uh, that is something we will get to later on in the show during the game preview segment. I've got a lot to say about that. I've got a lot to say about um, the 49ers because they're doing pretty good as well here. We're going to talk about them. They're in Arizona tonight facing the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we'll also pick some games here, and we'll give our reaction to the trade deadline. And that's where we'll start here uh, because the trade deadline has come and gone, okay? Uh, Bob, the big story of Tuesday, I was keeping you abreast of the happenings uh, Jamal Adams was almost a Dallas Cowboy, and then all of a sudden, he wasn't. Your thoughts on that? Well, as unhappy as he was about that potential trade, maybe it's good he didn't become a Cowboy because he was upset about even being on the trade block. I mean, he thought that he's untradeable. So uh, Jamal Adams and also potentially Le'Veon Bell was on the block. Uh, so early in his tenure with the Jets. So I don't know what they're doing over in New York. But, uh, yeah, that would have been interesting if we had gotten uh, Adams. Uh, it would have definitely helped our uh, our secondary. But we'll just have to use what we have and keep it moving. Well, well, Uncle Trevor, before you get in there, Bob, I mean, you know, the, the people say the biggest glaring need really for the Dallas Cowboys is a safety the report was that Jerry Jones was ready to part ways with a lot of draft capital and players in order to get Jamal Adams. Uh, you, you're a big Cowboys fan here. Uh, what are your thoughts really on your defense and uh, especially your secondary there? Well, you know, I always felt the secondary was the weak link. I've not really been a fan of Brown and Heath. Um, I like Byron Jones, but he's been a little suspect this year. Um, So, I mean, look, we were trying to get Earl Thomas. I mean, that would have been an upgrade as well, and we didn't land him either. So I I don't know what what transpired with that particular uh, negotiation. Something obviously went wrong. I don't know if the Jets ultimately wanted too much. Uh, I, I don't know, but it would have been nice to have an upgrade, but yeah, we don't, so we just have to move forward, like I said, with what we have. And if the front seven can, and then our, our linebackers can keep it in check, then, you know, maybe we won't have as many issues, you know, down the field. But I, I do believe that we are going to be tested down the field. I mean, if I were in OC, I would, you know, and let's just hope that we don't get a whole lot of uh, – you know, pass interference calls or holding calls, which, you know, we 
we've gotten away with some holding and some, some PI, but uh, I'm sure the focus will be back on that, you know, once Dallas returns to the field on uh, Monday night. So we'll see. Well, Trevor, what are your thoughts there as far as uh, the trade deadline? I mean, Jamal Adams, also Le'Veon Bell was reportedly in the mix. Your Steelers were in the mix for Le'Veon, bringing back Le'Veon Bell. So what were your thoughts on uh, trade deadline day and uh, what all the happenings that happened uh, during that period? I hadn't heard about the Steelers being involved in Le'Veon Bell. I don't know what they were doing. They Le'Veon Bell's already lost, what, two steps already. He showed that he slowed up. The Jets are losing, and they figure if we're going to lose, we're going to lose paying the, the bare minimum to these guys instead of paying a lot of money. They realize, you know, Le'Veon Bell probably taking too many hits. They gave him too much money, probably a little bit, you know, maybe past his prime. So they, try, they wanted to get rid of that contract. But... I didn't know Pittsburgh was in the mix. I'm glad Pittsburgh didn't get him. I got nothing against Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you know, he didn't get paid the way he should have earlier in his career when he was having the great seasons and running backs don't have a, a long shelf life. So I don't blame him, but I definitely wouldn't take on that contract. If any, no, no same team. I mean, look, look at him and look at Todd Gurley. I mean, they're not they're not really making it look good. <laughs> they're giving big big contracts to running backs with five years or more in the league because they're they're already showing that they're slowing up tremendously. As far as Jamal Adams, I mean, you sound like a, a knucklehead on television comparing himself to Tom Brady. That they they wouldn't put Tom Brady on the trading block. Well, yeah, you're not Tom Brady, man. I mean, I, I ain't never heard of this guy before this week. So I, 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 I let the Cowboys dodge a bullet by not getting him. I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, you, people are free agents, and they move on, and sometimes teams trade players. That's how, that's how life is in professional sports. He's, like, offended that they put him on a trade block like he's Tom Brady or or what? who else? Well, who comes yeah, he, to mind? He said he Aaron Donald. He said yeah, Aaron Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald and, and top, top player, yeah. Yeah, and he's on their level. He's personally offended by putting a trade block. That tells me you know, he's, not, he's not really playing for full deck. You know, most football guys don't, most football guys don't anyway. But he's playing oh, for less man. of a deck than most guys. <laughs> the Cowboys dodged a bullet there. In my opinion, well, for for me, like I would have loved to see it because yes, Jamal Adams is a crazy man, like not to a level of Antonio Brown, but quite frankly, who is? Let's be honest, like he's not that crazy, but like he thinks very highly of himself. But I mean, let's be honest, don't think don't think Belichick with the Jimmy Garoppolo play. Don't think Be- Bill Belichick wasn't trying to take calls to get rid of Tom Brady to the highest bidder. Let's let's be honest. Like Bill Bill wanted to get rid of Tom at any at all costs. If that means sending him to sending him to Pittsburgh or wherever, it, it, he wanted him gone, and he still wants him gone. Quite frankly, so uh, while I don't think like any other GM or coach would put him on the trade block, Belichick, I I don't know if he hates Tom, but 
it's definitely not a, a savory relationship between them. But uh, I'll try. I'm right with you. Jamal Adams is a, a, a really good player, but you sound like an absolute moron comparing yourself to Tom Brady. You're not. First of all, Tom Brady's got six Super Bowls. You, you're the number six overall pick. That's the only thing you have in common with Tom Brady in a number six. Okay, that that's it. Um, um, that that that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, you compare yourself to Aaron Donald, and I'm like, dude, Aaron Donald is how many time defensive player of the year? One, two, three, maybe three time. I mean, dude, you play on the Jets, and yeah, it's unfortunate that you play on the Jets. They are terrible. They're terribly run. They're going to be terrible forever unless things change, like upper management changes. So, yeah, part of me feels sorry for you and Le'Veon Bell that you're stuck in football purgatory, per se, in New York City playing for the Jets. But for you to sit up there on TV talking about you, you, you compare yourself to Tom Brady is absolutely stupid. Like, nobody, no current player other than – like maybe by maybe you could you could convince me about Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers maybe but even then they fall short because six is more than one the last time I checked nobody's on that guy's level just stop okay um, but didn't they play the uh, on Monday night didn't they, didn't uh, the Patriots yeah yep they lost by where, where uh, was where this guy on Monday night where Jeff was getting white up and down the field. Where, where was he? What uh, was he doing? I, I didn't see him. I didn't was see he, him, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, no, he I think he was playing. I think he was playing. I didn't see him either. Uh, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. I saw no defense from the Jets. I swear I wasn't That's the question I would have asked him, but, you know. I would have been quite really I mean, also... No, but a also, useful argument, Trev. I mean, it's just dumb. Like, <laughs> What'd you say? What? I said it would have been a useless argument. You you can't argue with stupid people, you know, when they have that their mind set in a certain way. You can't argue with them. Okay. Well, the Cowboys yeah. died to bullets. Yeah, your cow... Uh, we'll, we'll get to your Cowboys. We'll get to the... Uh, when we talk about the Eagles and the Bears... We'll get to your uh, we'll, we'll get to your Cowboys there, Bob. But let's move on here. Also, some news of the day: Josh Gordon got released off injured reserve, so the Josh Gordon's tenure with the Patriots is over. And I'm kind of sad about that because he was a really good player for us. Uh, hope he finds a team. Hope he stays stays right. He's a good player, and I'm rooting for him. Um, but let's let's move on. Let's get into Thursday night football tonight. Um. San Francisco, ten and a half point favorites at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah, I'm already making my pick. Give me the 49ers. Uh, and here's the deal: the defense is playing out of its mind. They were showing numbers that they were they were they've allowed less passing yards than the Legion of Boom defense in 2013. They're they're in, they're in uh, the same breath as the 2000 Ravens. I mean. Honestly, Jimmy G, all Jimmy G has to do is not screw up, and the 49ers are going to be 8-0. Uh, the 49ers are just better than the Cardinals. Uh, I like Kyler Murray a ton. I think he's going to be really good. But against this defense, I, I, he doesn't have much of a shot. 
Uh, simply put, 49ers cover the spread. Uh, I'll take San Francisco tonight, and they'll move to 8-0. and Uncle Trevor, what do you think? Well, the 49ers made me shut my mouth last week. They, they, they really buried Carolina, destroyed them. I, I you know, they, they look like they've proven their point. They're 7-0. You know, everyone thinks they're going to go on here tonight and destroy Arizona. Maybe. You know, maybe not. I can't really see Arizona doing much offensively against their defense, though. I mean, go, go up alone. I, I guess we have to believe in them. I, I don't know. They're 7-0, so that's all that matters. They probably should win tonight to go to 8-0, so I guess that's all that really matters. I mean, I, I, still, I still don't really have trust in him, but, what, 51 points against Carolina – they are really, they are showing what they are. They're, they're right now. They're probably the best team in the league, most dominant team in the league. So, got to go to the 49ers until until someone beats them. Oh, um, uh, what, what do you think tonight? For, uh, 49ers at Arizona. What do you think? Well, I, I definitely think the 49ers are going to win. I don't think it's going to be uh, that close. But what I wanted to say was as much as it pains me to espouse this, I think that Kyle Shanahan is sort of a quarterback whisperer in a way. Uh, I think that he's made Garoppolo probably look better than he actually is. I mean, even Nick Mullins, to me, on the 49ers as the backup, I still think that he might be better than Garoppolo. He just isn't getting paid the money that Garoppolo is getting paid. Uh, but I, I do think that Shanahan might actually be a good – uh, OC and head coach and quarterback coach and all that stuff. So he might, you know, I, I'm surprised that I even uh, am saying it, but I, I'm trying to be objective here. Um, I think he's really done a good job with the 49ers. Now, you know, we'll see if they can last all season, but thus far they're looking pretty good. So I think it's going to be the 49ers. Um, I think they'll win easily by, you know, at least 10 points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it's just it, it, it's not even it's not even a compelling matchup to me. It's like like I understand that the Cardinals are doing some pretty good things and they're they're a lot better than I thought they would be. And I like Kyler Murray, but you know he's going up against these all star defenses. I mean, the Saints have an unbelievable defense, and I mean Kyler could do very much against them. And really, in that in that dome. With that defense flying around like that, quite frankly, not a lot of teams are going to go in that building and do much of anything against the Saints, especially if the refs called the game correct. Okay? Um, so I'm not going to really get on Kyler for looking anemic against the the the, the, uh, the New Orleans Saints last week. But for me, Nick Bosa is just playing out of his mind. He he is playing absolutely unbelievable football. About seven or eight sacks already this year. Uh, he's getting after the passer. He's disrupting people, and the Forty Nineers got an absolute uh, an absolute stud at uh, defensive end there for years to come. So just look for him to wreak havoc on the Cardinals' porous offensive line. And also, Kyler Murray's been sacked about twenty six times this year. That's tied for third in the NFL. So. I just don't. I just don't really think it's going to be much of a contest here, despite the fact that the 49ers are missing some key pieces offensively. 
you know, for me, <clears throat> all the 49ers need to do is score about 20 points. So, so they went about 20 to seven, I think. So uh, I'll take, I'll take the 49ers. All right. You guys, guys got anything else to say about Thursday night or shall we go to the game preview segment? Oh, I think we can go to the preview section. Preview? All right. All right, let's go look at the preview segment here. Uh, But we'll take a quick break to say that this is the Always 100 Podcast. We are live tonight on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under the show, under the name Always 100 Podcast. Please like, subscribe. The shows are getting better. The games are getting more meaningful. And we're, we're wrapping up our takes here because the games are starting to matter a whole heck of a lot more as we embark on the second half of the NFL season. But, Mom, I got to do it. I'm not going to be petty, but we have to sit over there and give a quick 30-second mention. Congrats to the Nationals. They won the World Series. (laughs) The Nationals won the the World Series. Okay? It was met. I tweeted it last night on the show Twitter, my personal Twitter. I tweeted it last night. I sent a congratulations text to the Nationals and basically said it was meant to be, and it was. That's really what they got high at the right time. Houston couldn't do enough to get the job done. Uh, Houston blew it by taking Zach Greinke out, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to say congratulations to the Nats. They got the job done, and nobody could ever take away the world championship that they won, whether we like it or not. So congratulations to the Nationals, and I can't wait to be 150,000 times happier when Baltimore – it would be great if we wiped out the Nats in the World Series to win the title, but quite frankly, I'll take any title. I'll take it over anybody in the National League as long as I can see before I die the Orioles win a World Series, and that's all i got to say about that. All right, can I just mention go. for a second? Yes, I want to ask yes, Trev a question. Trev, do you, do you know what DC now stands for? Nope. District of Champions. I heard that today. I thought they were going to okay. say Title Town because you know, the Capitals have won, the Mystics have won, now the, the Nats have won. But, you know, I actually think that DC stands for Dallas Cowboys, but who am I to say? District of Champions. What? Yeah, the Capitals were the biggest chokers in NHL history. <laughs> we, we allowed them to win. This was this was got oh. pity on them. Oh, get man. out of here! This was got tired of beating them. Like we had another Believe me, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you, Uncle Trevor. The District of Champions. What? <laughs> the District of Champions. You you understand the Nationals fans. And I, 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 Saturday, the Nats mob is going to be after me come Saturday, okay? But excuse me, <laughs> Nats fans, you understand that um, the Orioles have been terrible for years, and they got three times the titles that you have. District of Champions, my butt. Stop, you, you finally stopped choking for one time in your life. Let, let's savor that moment for the rest of our lives. You actually didn't choke and have a gag order placed on you because you actually got the job done for the first time in franchise history. You should savor that, okay? I mean, sorry, for, uh, missing with the District of Champions, okay? You're not. You're not. 
Yeah, the, the Mystics are great. The Capitals won, and the Capitals, they got tired of choking. So for one year, they got out here and won the title. Okay, and then the very next playoffs, Mom was we as we were sitting in the kitchen watching Game Seven. What the Caps do, Mom? What did, what did the Caps do, Mom? Tell the people at home who didn't watch that game what the Nats did or what the Capitals did. I'm sorry. You mean before they won the championship, they choked? No, no, no. The year out, the two, this pre, this previous playoffs against Carolina, what they do? Oh, they choked. Game Seven. Oh, of course they did. All right then. All right, Nats fans, soak it all in. You got 147 days. To 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 the till you you can raise your banner game one against whoever uh, your first series of the year is going to be against everybody's going to be very happy. Oh, I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think the first series is against us. I don't think so. But I, I'd be. I, I was just I was just getting you more riled up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just I I would love to put foot in the put foot foot in the Nats opening weekend. That would be the absolute. That would be my dream. To like win the World Series and step over the Red Sox and the Yankees on our on our way to beating the Nationals. Oh my goodness, that would be the greatest three game, a three game revenge tour an Orioles fan could ever think of. But enough about that. Nationals fans, in all seriousness, congratulations, you're world champions. Let's see what you do next year. All right. Without further ado, we're tired. We're tired. We're, we've been putting this off long enough. Game preview segment. Let's go. Brought to you by the NFL. Let's let's get these five games started here. First game, Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Yes, we're playing London football again, folks. The Houston the, – I was going to say the Houston Astros, sorry. The Houston Texans are at the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. The Texans are favored by a point and a half. Uncle Trevor, we're coming to you. Houston – one-and-a-half-point favorites at Jacksonville, 9.30 Sunday. What do you think is going to happen, and who's your pick? I mean, this is really a complete toss-up. I mean, they played before. I think the only reason Houston won is because Jacksonville, instead of going for tie and overtime, they went for two at the end of the game and didn't get it. And I think Minshew was playing in that game, too. And this game is on the, not as a neutral site, not in Houston. This really – this really is just a tough game to try and figure out. I'm not really that impressed with Houston. Look, they're an average team. Jacksonville's probably Jacksonville's probably about average too. This is, I mean, the point spread is very accurate. This is a very even game, and most likely it's going to come down again to the final two minutes. I would think. Yeah, I. Oof, it's a tough one. Hmm. I'll just say, my prediction is that the game will come down in the final two minutes, whoever has the ball last. And that's that's as far as I can go with this game. This is very, very too close to call. All right, Bob, what, what do you think about that? I mean, yeah, I, I agree a lot with Uncle Trevor, but what, what do you think? Well, my main concerns are on the Houston side. Uh, one, can Deshaun Watson even see? You know, as we all know, he got hit in the eye when he was uh, playing last week. We still, you know, threw an excellent um, touchdown pass. But can he see? He couldn't even, you know, go to the uh, baseball game last night to do the World Series call because he was still having issues. So that's a concern because if he can't really see, can he, you know, really throw down field and get the offense going without relying solely on the running game? 
which they don't really have a great running game to speak of. Uh, and then on the defensive side, with Watt being out all year, Clowney's gone. So Merciless is really the, the cog there. Is he enough to stop Jacksonville? I mean, Minshew is doing well. My man DJ Chark, he's doing well. Um, Fournette, I mean, so they, they do have some pieces on the Jacksonville offense that will give the defense for Houston trouble. So thinking of all that, I'm leaning more towards Jacksonville in this game because they're not as injured and they have a little bit, a few more pieces uh, in key areas than Houston does right now. All right. Uh, Both great points. I think we're all in agreement here. Uh, This game is about the, the epitome of a coin flip. I, I, I honestly don't. I honestly don't know who's going to win this game. I think my fantasy team. I think I managed to get Minshew for my quarterback because I don't know if uh, if uh, Patrick Mahomes is playing this Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, which is the next game on the schedule here. But as for this game, I mean, the first game is thirteen to twelve. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It was thirteen to twelve, and Houston got uh, very, very lucky to win that ball game. Jacksonville probably should be about five and three right about now. Uh, they were about a couple inches away from making that making that take place, but unfortunately uh, for unfortunately for them, they just couldn't they just couldn't quite get over the hump there uh, and, and get get the two point conversion in there. But look, it's going to be. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a close game. Defenses are going to play pretty well. Uh, J.J. Watt, once again, out for the year with another bone-crushing injury there for him. I feel better, big fella. You're one of the all-time greats. Just just get better and get back on the field and get after it because when he's on the field, the guy's guy's absolutely fantastic. But he's never on the field enough for us to put him uh, in the all-time great category uh, because – what he's done in the past certainly warrants that. He's just been very, very injury prone and it's not it's not really working out for JJ as far as that's concerned. Um but this is a very big game as far as the AFC South is concerned because the AFC South is just dis- like honestly it's so entertaining for because every team is flawed in some way. I mean, the Texans are injury-prone. The Jaguars, while the starting quarterback is in a sling for a couple more weeks. Um, Tennessee, I mean, we, we don't know what Tennessee is going to show up. The team that almost gives a game up to Tampa Bay or the team that gets out here and almost lo- almost loses to the Chargers on one of the wackiest final minute-and-a-half sequences you'll, you'll ever see watching football. That was that was just wild, but you know that that that's the AFC South. But hey, the Colts keep winning, so the Texans and the Jaguars would be would be behooved not to lose this game um, and fall any further back. Um, for a pick, honestly, I, I don't really have one. I, I can't I can't really pick this game right now. I, I know we're gonna have to pick the game later, but. 
I, I can't really make a pick at this moment. It's just really too close to call. Uh, anybody got anything to add? Nope, I think we're good. Good? Nope. Trevor, anything to add? Nope, good. Okay, next game on the list. Let's go to Kansas City. This game has no line whatsoever. I uh, checked on uh, the app I used to get the point spreads. There's no there's no line. There's no over-under. There's nothing. Um, I think part of that's because they're trying to see if Mahomes is going to play or not. Uh, well, on my fantasy lineup, he's doubtful and has zero points next to him. So that probably should tell you all you need to know, really. Um, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings roll to town 6-2. and two. And they're six and two in the NFC, bro. Six and two is a wild card team in the NFC. Like, that's what we're talking about. Um, the Vikings are playing fantastic football after, as, as we always say every week, after Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, and Stephon Diggs ha- ha- had a little fist fight in the bowels of U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay, they 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 got it together. Now, last week against the Washington Redskins, they were not that impressive to me, quite frankly, uh, offensively. David Cook is a monster, and Mom, next week, you, you, y'all are going to have to take your chances of stopping him in Dallas when, when Kirk Cousins and the Vikings come to town for Sunday night football. Um, that guy, that guy's fantastic, Dalvin Cook. Um, he can run, he can catch, he can block. He just makes Kirk Cousins' life a lot easier. The defense is playing very well in Minnesota as well. Now, if Mahomes plays, I believe I might lean toward Kansas City, but unfortunately, I, I don't. I don't really think so. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to lose their fourth consecutive home game here, and I don't know what the line is going to be. But whatever the line is, I'll take Minnesota Sunday, uh, Sunday in Kansas City to get it done against Matt Moore and a porous Kansas City defense. Uh, I'll take the Vikings. Uh, Mom, what do you think? Yeah, I can't disagree with uh, what you said. Uh, basically, I'm not believing that Kirk Cousins is going to beat Kansas City. It's going to be Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's going to be the one that's going to make the difference whether the Vikings win or lose, not uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, as far as Matt Moore, I mean, he's a nice fill-in, but it's Kansas City's defense. They have problems. Have real problems. So, all that said, I, I don't see how Minnesota is going to lose unless Mahomes comes back. And if he does come back, the question is, will he be mobile enough to, you know, get those phenomenal throws downfield? You know, or is he going to have to lean more on the running backs and short passes and things of that nature? So we'll see. I don't think he's coming back, and I, I think they'd be foolish to rush him back um, because there's, they really don't have a lot of competition in that division right now. Denver's not that good. The Chargers, you never know what team's going to show up for them. The Raiders are probably, sad to say, their biggest competition right now. Um, so I, I think that Mahomes should rest one more week, and then he should come back and he should be a lot better. So, but I, I, I think Minnesota will win. All right, Uncle Trevor, what are, what are your thoughts there? Minnesota at KC, Sunday at 1 o'clock. I mean, I don't, I don't have 
much issue of what how Matt Moore is played. I mean, you know, he's not he's not he's played pretty well for come being a backup. But um, they lost because I mean, last week Green Bay is a great offense. So, I mean, even if Mahomes was out there, there's no guarantee they would beat Green Bay. Because I mean, it, Rogers is just really really good, and they can run the ball some now too. So. I mean, I think it's going to be closer than some would think. People think Minnesota's going to go in there and destroy Kansas City. I, I don't see that happening. I think Kansas City's going to put up a good fight. Kansas City can get ahead of Minnesota, put some pressure on Cousins. They might even win this game. So, it's going to be close. Kansas City's at home. It's going to be closer than what I'm sure a lot of people are thinking right now. So, But in the end, I guess I would have to go slightly to the Vikings because they have a better defense, basically. Kansas City's defense really isn't much better than it was last year, unfortunately. So it looks like it looks like this season's going down the street quick. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I was just going to say, that, that's just hard to believe how the defense – Got out here, it actually got worse than it was. Uh, you know, it, it got it got worse than it was last year. I mean, just think about how bad they were last year, and they're not. They haven't even taken a step forward. They went backwards. Think how. Think about how amazing that is. Like, you, you have to be unbelievably awful to do that. Um, and really. The bottom line that I'm, I'm having is that's really what's going to cost Kansas City in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs because the AFC West is horrible. It is horrible. Okay, the the Bronco the Broncos just benched Joe, Joe Flacco's out, and his time in Denver's not. I mean, it's it, that thing's almost up too because he's out here. Joe Flacco, when Joe Flacco gets out here and start criticizing you, that's how you know is is you really not a good team. When Joe Flacco gets out here and starts laying into you, um, oh, he's done. He he won't be back under center in in Denver. So that, you think that it's going to stick with the young kid? Oh yeah, yeah. Flacco's done. He won't be back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like Joe was doing very much in there, but let's be honest. The Denver's offensive line is not very good. It's just not. And everyone, sorry, sorry, a little under the weather. And everyone, everyone here knows Denver's offensive line is not very good. The Raiders, I mean, their defense is terrible. They just, they need to just get, like, they could have beat Houston literally if they got literally one stop. And I do mean, sorry. And I do mean just one stop, okay? That that's what that, that's that's what the Raiders were up against. They couldn't do it. And then the San Diego Chargers, the San Diego, I refuse to call them L.A. Chargers. They're just the San Diego, I refuse to call them L.A. Chargers. Okay, so Kansas City is going to win, but that defense is going to cost them in the playoffs because, quite frankly, it's they're. I know, well, I. Other Trevor, about I know they try to play defense. I just don't think they're very good at it. They're they're just not good <laughs> at playing defense. Okay, and I understand that Frank Clark wasn't there. I understand that there there were a few big pieces that were not there. 
for the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night against Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. And we, I mean, you just gotta have to give him his credit at some point. The guy's the guy's playing unbelievable right now, and he's got a defense to back him up. Um, even though they didn't play, they did they didn't play as impressively as against Matt Moore as um, you know you know as you would think against a backup. But maybe uh, that's because Matt Moore is actually not as bad as people think. But the bottom line for me is I just don't I just don't trust the Kansas City defense and Arrowhead without Patrick Mahomes is not a very intimidating place to play. And since that that's the reality we're talking about here, uh, I'll take Minnesota. All right, next game on the list, and Bob, we're coming to you because this one's got some importance for a team that you root very hard for. We're going to Philadelphia here. Uh, the Chicago Bears hosting the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Philadelphia's favored by five. And, Bob, I don't care. Uh, I just, Before you go, I'm, just get, I'm picking Philadelphia. I just refuse to pick the Chicago <laughs> Bears ever again. I just, I just refuse. Yeah. As long as Trubisky's the quarterback, I refuse to pick the Chicago Bears. Go ahead. Yeah, sad. I mean, it's I, I thought when I saw this game on the schedule, I'm like, okay, Chicago will take care of Philly. Chicago will take care of Philly. And the longer the season went, I'm like, nope, not going to happen. So, I, I, Chicago is just bad on offense. I mean, Trubisky is really abysmal. I mean, I'm, I am truly surprised that Chicago spent so much of their draft capital trading up to get him. I, I don't know who else wanted him, but they gave up the farm to get him, and wow, did they make a huge mistake. Um, I mean, the defense can't bail them out when he just plays so bad. I mean, I mean it's, it, it, it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch Chicago when the offense is on the field. And then the kicker had the nerve to miss the, the field goal after all that, like, they were still in the game. He misses the field goal, and that was it for the Bears last week. So, all that said, um, I was hoping that Buffalo would take have taken care of Philly last week. That didn't happen, and I can't look for Chicago to do it. So, um, I'm I'm just assuming that Philly's going to win, and Dallas just needs to win to keep pace, or actually stay ahead a game. Uncle Trevor, what, what do you what do you think about Philadelphia and the Chicago Bears here? I mean, you know, as, as bad as the Bears played last week, you know, and for, guy had a forty yard field goal to win the game. You know, NFL kickers should make that. Um, they really should have won that game, even even without as bad as you know Mitch. I wish I could see Pitt again, Trubisky. Back to the quarterback. Here you go. Why are you starting <laughs> up? See, you starting again. I am sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 But this week, this week, Mitch Trubisky. Well, too bad. I saw a guy from Pitt that's hurt. This where he I had to light up. But it's too Avante Maddox. He had his game circled you, on the calendar. Trubisky. You're going, right, you're going right back to the well. Avante Maddox. I want to get 400 yards with him alone. And now, unluckily to him, he's hurt. 
So now Trubisky's going to have another 150-yard passing game and a couple of interceptions. But Bears got a good defense. The Eagles probably still have the dissension on that roster. And the Bears can get ahead of them and turn the, the home crowd against Philly, then they have, they have a, a good chance to win the game. So it's, the Bears got a, a great defense still. In the Eagles offense, they can run the ball. I'm still not sold on Carson Wentz, and neither, neither are his teammates. I don't think they like him too much either. So, Right now, the Eagles at home give them the three-point favorites for being at home. But it's a toss-up game. Don't, so, don't so, give so up the Bears five. to Jets. Yeah, the, the line is five. Yeah, the line is five. Don't give so up with the, about five, don't, yeah. Don't give up with the Bears just yet. They still have that defense. Hey, Charles, and they, and by, they by the way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Malik is, is trying to come back and play on Sunday, you know. Well, he's being paid to by Trubisky. Trubisky is paying <laughs> the doctors to clear him. <laughs> That's what's going on there. Mrs. Mm-hmm. 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 You, you are so wrong. So wrong. So wrong. Anyway, let me get in here. Look, uh, as I said before, Bob went, I refuse to pick the Chicago Bears. I, I'm sorry. As long as that guy's the quarterback, the Bears have no shot. They have no chance in hell of doing anything. He is just not very good. I'm sorry. Uh, but, Mitch, I'll tell you this. Here's what you are good at. Keep throwing it to Allen Robinson. Keep throwing it to him. That That is what you're good at. Keep throwing it to the big guy that wears 12 and got Robinson on the back of his jersey. I want you to keep throwing it to him because he's the only trusted receiver that the Bears have. Okay? Throw it to him every play. Because, look, the Eagles' defense, they, they, the Eagles' defense is still terrible. Unfortunately, Josh Allen at 40-mile-an-hour wins couldn't do very much against them. He fumbled the football too much against them. The Eagles got short fields, and they did what they had to do. Okay? They beat the Buffalo Bills. Give the Eagles all the credit in the world. It was a very impressive victory under the circumstances. But I'm right with Uncle Trevor. I think they still hate Carson Wentz's guts. Okay? I don't think they like him at all. Zach Gertz is trying to campaign for the guy. Because, you know, Zach Gertz is like, oh, but this guy was at my wedding. Like, I love him. He's my best friend. Like, dude. We understand he's your best friend. Your teammates hate him. They don't like him. They don't block for him. And when it hits the fans, not against the Bears, like, let's see let's see games against, I don't know if the Eagles play Seattle. Hey, you know what? Let's see against the New England Patriots in two weeks. Uh, what, what, what would that be? November, what's that be? November 17th? That's the 4 o'clock game, national TV. Let's see if the Eagles block – Let's see if your offensive line likes you when Tom, when uh, Belichick unleashes the hounds upon Carson Wentz. Let's see if they like you then, okay? The Bills have a good defense. They didn't play very well Sunday afternoon, okay? I mean, they didn't. But the Eagles went to the basics, and they made, they had a very impressive victory at, at, at Ralph Wilson Stadium. And you got to give them all the credit in the world for that because if they had lost, the three of us would have gotten out here and lapped our asses off. It would have been hilarious to watch the Eagles lose to the Buffalo Bills. It really, really would have. But they, that didn't happen. So you got to give them all the credit in the world for doing that. Uh, but, Bob, Uncle Trevor, that brings me to a question. I mean, Uncle Trevor knows a bit that, that, that Mitch is trying to 
pay, pay the doctors off to get Avante Maddox on the field so he can torch him. Well, that, that, that's one angle. Hey, hey, Bob, I got a question. When, when does Khalil Mack fight Mitchell Trubisky for costing him all these games? When are some point to the whole defense corner Mitchell Trubisky and say, son, get your act together. This, this is terrible. Leo Mack is going home after every game and rolling around his millions of dollars and say, I just don't care. I got my money. I'm going to do my job. You do whatever you want on your side of the ball. I got my money. Now, who think they're want? going after that no, coach? I, I don't they're going after that coach. Like, look, they need to just pull that man, at least put Chase Daniel or somebody in there because Mitch is just showing that he's just abysmal. And that's the it's coach's not, fault for sticking with him. He's not very good. I'm sorry. Like, I try. Like, I think the Bears are going to be good. But, unfortunately, guys, the NFC North, the Bears are 3-4 and four in last place. The Vikings are in a wild card spot at 6-2. and two. Understand that. Like, yeah, Chicago, you don't have much time to keep losing to these teams because, quite frankly, by week 12, you could be out of the playoffs because the NFC is so loaded. As for Philly, hey, man, hey, Philly, Philly better not lose either because, hey, the Dallas Cowboys already beat your butts. Yeah, I mean, beat the hell out of y'all, too. I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, Dak Prescott took a Louisville slugger, smacked the hell out of Carson Wentz, turned around, found Malcolm Jenkins, and wanted to fight him too. That's what they that's what they did to the to the Eagles Sunday night in Texas. Okay? So the, the Dallas already got a victory over y'all. But hey, it's November now. This is where this is where we're gonna find out, Mom, if you're Cowboys or the Eagles who, who's for real? Because only one team is winning that division that will go into the playoffs. Because the two wild cards. There are no wild cards in that division. Nope. Sure not. Sure. Nope. Not going to happen. Because, honestly, the Cowboys are seventh as far as standings in the NFC Conference right now, currently. But since they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, they have that uh, number one spot in the NFC East. So you got to give them. You got to give the Cowboys their credit for doing that. But, you know, it's an important game for Philadelphia, and Mr. Trubisky is their quarterback. So, uh, unfortunately, I would pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win their second straight game. Sorry about that. All right. Let's take a quick break. Uh, Yeah, we're going to take a quick break, actually, to tell you this is the Always 100 Podcast live on Blog Talk Radio on blogtalkradio.com. We are previewing week nine in the NFL, uh, still to come on the game preview segment. Two more games. The Colts are in the Steel City to face Uncle Trevor Steelers and my Patriots. Well, we get two more for sure. My Patriots are at the Baltimore Ravens Sunday night. I have been I've been telling everybody who would listen, leave me alone, wake me up in November. Well, Jack, it's November, and I'm awake now. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, if Mom wants, she can talk about the Dallas New York game. But <clears throat> sorry, but but there's really not a lot to talk about there. But we're going to stop the game preview segment to get the Throwback Thursday, which is brought to you by. My mom, Mona, the associate broker at Keller Williams Preferred Properties. Uh, if you need to get a real estate deal done in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia, or Pennsylvania area, uh, call my mom there. 
uh, two. Oh, I'm sorry, Rob. I, bu- I butchered the sponsorship. The, no- the number escapes me. But call my mom. It's 240-883-6683. Sorry for butchering that on live radio. But call that number, 240-883-6683. She'll get the deal done for you. She's hardworking. She wants to help people. And she'll get the deal done if you need a real estate transaction taken care of in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia, or Pennsylvania area. Take it away, Mom. What is Throwback Thursday for this week? All right. So I had a little bit of difficulty picking a game to feature, but I settled on Cleveland and Denver. Yeah, just what the doctor ordered, Quinn. Your man, Baker Mayfield. Will he come back and uh, do some great things against Denver? I don't know, but let's talk about what happened with Cleveland and Denver back in the day. So, out of 29 games, I'll start with you, Trev. Who leads the series and what is the breakdown? Wow. I have to say, hmm, hmm, Denver – 19, no, Denver, 17 to 12. Okay, Quinn? I'll say Denver as well, but I'll go one game lower. I'll go 18 to 11, Denver. Okay, well, Denver does leave the series 23 to 6. Yeah, pretty lopsided. Whoa. Um, also, Denver has scored. Six. Yep. yep. Three, six. Oh, my goodness. All told, Denver has scored 728 points, and Cleveland has scored 455 points in uh, the series. So, next question. What year did the teams play their first regular season matchup, and what was that result? Uh, Quinn, I'll go to you first. Honestly, these are two historic franchises, so I'll just say sometime in the 60s maybe. Uh, And I'm not sure. Maybe the Browns had Otto Graham then or in the 50s or something. Maybe they had Otto Graham and maybe they won. Uh, I can't really tell you about Denver back in the day, but um, I'd say Cleveland won that matchup. Uh, somewhere in the late 50s, early 60s. Okay. Trev, what are your thoughts? 1970, final game 14 of the season series in Denver. Cleveland beats Denver. Wow. How do you remember that? Because you are correct. How did you remember that? No, I saw it on the NFL, old NFL highlight show with Pat Seminole and Tom Bookstein. Ah, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so it was December 20th, 1970, Browns 27, Denver 13. Okay, so this is, uh, it should be a uh, softball question. So how many times did these two teams play in the postseason, and what were the results? Trev, I'll go to you first. Oh, boy, I mean... It's a softball for the 80s. I know what happened in the 80s. 
I mean, the Ernest Biner fumble, the drive. I mean, Denver beat them three times in the 80s. Now, let's see. Now, now since then, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, right, now, I, right now, all I can say is Denver's up 3-0. All right, Quinn, what's your guess? Well, uh, I wasn't around back in those days, so I'll lean on the expertise of people who were alive to see it. But the the most fam- well, the two most famous Browns, uh, Broncos, Browns playoff games happened. Uh, I think both of them happened in Denver, and they were both the AFC Championship game. One was the drive, and the other one was the fumble in back to back years. I think the drive happened first, and then the fumble, but. Um, other than that, uh, I'm with Uncle Trevor. In my generation, the Broncos haven't. The Broncos in the late '90s were pretty good, but I'm not sure if they played the Browns in the AFC in the '90s. The 2000s, they, the, the Browns have stunk for the entire 2000s, really, other than a couple of years. So I just go with the two that I remember: uh, the two in the 1980s and back-to-back years. Okay, so those two teams played a grand total of three times, 1987, 1988, and 1990. Um, the first one, Broncos won 23 to 20 in overtime. Second meeting, oh, and that, that first game was in Cleveland. And the last two were in Denver. The Broncos also won 38 to 33 and 37 21. They all happen to be the AFC championship game. So when the Broncos won, they ended up going to the Super Bowl those years over Cleveland. And, yes, it was the drive and then the play, which was the play was the fumble. So those were two consecutive um, uh, years in the championship games. So my next question is about the drive. Does anybody know? how many yards Denver went to score in that drive, the, the final drive? Uh, Quinn, you go know. first. 98, 98 yards started on the two-yard line. Uh, Elway led a game-winning comeback, and the drive started at the two-yard line. I'm not really sure how much time was left in the fourth quarter, but it was a game-winning uh, touchdown pass. So I think Mark Jackson, maybe, if I'm not mistaken, maybe – that was the guy, but uh, yeah, uh, ninety-eight yard drive uh, to win the win the AFC Championship game. All right, Trev. All right, good job, Quinn. I didn't know that. Only correction: mm-hmm. that was a game tying touchdown. It went overtime. Oh, okay. that's correct. Okay. I, that's correct. But I enjoy I enjoy watching Cleveland lose, so it was enjoyable. Yeah. So Elway went ninety-eight yards in fifteen plays. Five minutes and two seconds, and there were 37 seconds left in regulation when they scored. Um, so, and just to wrap this up, um, who were the basically the main players um, in the in this rivalry in the 80s? Tell me the quarterback, running back, main wide receivers, and the head coaches: um, Denver and Cleveland. Trev, you go first. Yeah, I don't know what Cleveland has. The mistake <laughs> by the late. Uh, yeah. Their quarterback, they 
Schottenheimer was their laughable choking coach. That Elway. You know he um, went to Pitt, right? Yeah, well, I got figures. Yeah. <laughs> Let me stop. He, he he developed his choking persona after he left Pitt. Who else? Um, Vance John, Johnson. Um, who was it? The three amigos they called the Denver receivers? I can't remember. Um, who was it? Webster Slaughter. The Cleveland, Cleveland had him. Ernest Biner. Um, Steve Sewell, I think, was the running back for Denver. So Dan Reeves was Denver's coach. That's about all I know. Okay, Quinn, do you want to throw in a guess anywhere? Or, or well, the, the quarterbacks are John Elway and Bernie Kozar. Uh, I guess Schottenheimer, Dan Reeves is a good guess. Brian Seif was the Cleveland coach in the early 80s, right? He he wasn't around for the last the 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 three Denver games, was he? You mean as quarterback, Brian Sipe? No. Oh, um, okay, no, Brian Brian Sipe was a quarterback. Never mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, sorry, I guess Sean Diamond was the coach then. Dan Reeves, L.A. Kozar, quarterbacks, receivers. I don't know. I'll defer to you guys. I wasn't around then. Uh, running backs. I mean. Man, Ernest Biner has to be in there, right? Because he, he's the main guy who fumbled the football uh, to, to lose the AFC Championship game. So, uh, Denver's running back, I don't really know. So, th- those are my guesses there. Yep, you guys pretty much covered everything. Uh, for Denver, Dan Reeves was the head coach with John Elway, the quarterback. I don't know this running back. I don't know why. Uh, Sammy Winder, Sammy Winder, I, I don't remember him. Uh, wide receivers, Mike Young, Ricky Natale, uh, Mark Jackson, and Vance Johnson. For Cleveland, Marty Schottenheimer, coach, Bernie Kozar, QB. Running backs, Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner. Wide receivers, Reggie Langhorn and Webster Slaughter. Those were the main guys. And that was your Throwback Thursday. Throwback Thursday is brought to you. Yep. Uh, no, thank you, Bob. And Throwback Thursday is brought to you by my mom, Mona, the associate broker at Keller Williams Preferred Properties. Uh, if you need a deal done, like we said, you need a deal done, 240-883-6683. She'll get the deal done for you, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and Pennsylvania areas. Give her a call. She'll work hard for you. She'll get the deal done. Uh, definitely give her a ring if you need a real estate transaction done all right we're about 20 minutes away from kickoff in uh, uh university of phoenix stadium uh the 49ers and arizona we're gonna go now and finish the game preview segment and uncle Trevor, we're coming to you your steelers hosting the indianapolis colts uh mason rudolph uh pretty I mean, he, he missed a couple throws for me. Really, would have gotten me in the, got me back in the matchup against you. He missed uh, Deontay Johnson like for an eighty-five yard touchdown. The guy was all alone. He overthrew a flyer pattern. I would have really been in that matchup against you. But uh, he, he got a nice win on Monday night against the Dolphins. Uh, your Steelers are one point underdog, ho- hosting Indianapolis Sunday at one o'clock. 
We want to get your reaction. This is your team. Talk to us about Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. I Pittsburgh to me right now is overachieving. I'm really not sure how they're doing it, staying afloat. I mean, I know they're they're playing hard on defense, and you know Mason Rudolph. I he came alive in the second half. He Pittsburgh is definitely playing over there what they should be doing. Now this this week they got a little bit tough, a short week. I'm not even sure who they have playing at running back this coming week. I know Connor went out Monday night. And they got a couple other running backs hurt. And the Colts are a pretty physical team. Although the Colts really didn't show me much against Denver at home. So, you know, it's look at the, looking on paper, you think the Colts will win. That's that's what the conclusion you would come to. But you know, Pittsburgh's been surprising me. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh had the forty ers beat until James Conner fumbled. And they, they were on the way to beating the Ravens until Smith Schuster fumbled. They could be actually five and two. And I don't think they're any good at all. So I'm I'm just wondering that's just showing you how kind of lack of days ago the NFL is. So maybe it's just the AFC. The AFC is probably just that weak. Because the Pittsburgh really is not that good of a team. But they somehow they're only two games out of first, and they managed to win this Sunday, and Baltimore loses to New England, and they'll be only one game behind Baltimore. But I, um, I, think, I think Pittsburgh can get, they can get in the quarterback's face for the Colts. I, I think he might make some mistakes. It's going, to, it's going to come down to the wire, I think. Pittsburgh, I think Tomlin's doing a really good job with his team because I don't see the talent, really. So I, I commend him for not, this team not being 0-7 right now. So for that, I, I, I commend Mike. Good job. And, and don't go to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Don't go, yeah, don't go to the Redskins. Yeah, that, that's a that that is an actual like actual statement. Don't go to the Redskins. It's not it's not a safe working environment for anybody. Uh, speaking of the Redskins, about Trent Trent Williams failed his physical. Who who didn't see that coming? Trent Williams well, failed his physical. Well, it had to do with his helmet. It had to do with his helmet and it because he had surgery on I guess something with his brain I believe, so the helmet doesn't fit. Now they have to give him a different helmet. Well, go ahead, my pick, pick up, uh, pick up. Where Uncle Trevor left off uh, in the in the at Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, okay, Trev. Uh, I know you've been kind of out on your team, so I'm glad to see that you're you're coming back to the fold and you know giving props to Tomlin and all that. And maybe they have been overachieving, you know, or maybe they were a little bit better than. You think my thought is they're playing better because Roethlisberger is not in there. I think he was holding back the team because he was such a negative force. Just seeing him not being on that field, I think, just makes the players say, okay, I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to, you know, play my best for the other guys on this field. Whereas, to me, Roethlisberger was very selfish with his play. And he had he played favorites and – he, he, he was just messy, just just too messy. So now they just actually just have a team that gels and is more cohesive with him not being on the field with them. I don't know what happens, you know, in, in practice or whatever. I just know they seem to be more cohesive on the field, and that's what really counts. 
So all that said, though, I don't know if they have enough firepower to beat the Colts. Yeah, I mean, the Colts didn't look great against Denver, but they do have a lot of pieces. Um, Brissett's doing a lot better than I thought he would, and I think that a lot of people thought he would. He's coming into his own. Um, the defense actually is pretty good because, you know, the Colts defense traditionally uh, as of late hasn't been that good, but now they're playing a lot better. So uh, all that to say with the injuries that Pittsburgh has, I think the Colts will win. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good points here. Yes, Uncle Trevor, it is very refreshing to know that you're coming back to the fold on the Pittsburgh Steelers. That actually makes us feel very, very good. That you're Because after week two, you were saying put a fork in them. But you're absolutely right. They honestly... Like I, one of my one of my friends that uh, one of my regulars at the farmers market, guys a big time Steelers fan. He was like, like, yeah, don't don't hate me for saying this, but the Steelers should probably be like five and five and three right now, or like five and two. And I was I kind of mocked him, but when I look at it, I'm kind of like, he's not wrong, like because. Yeah, despite the fact that Buffalo, but not Buffalo, despite the fact that Baltimore escaped that victory, it was a very tainted victory because that that was a meh rough in the passer call. Mason Rudolph gets knocked out. There's no flag for that play. Okay, so there was that. You lose to Seattle. If anybody on the Steelers could stop anyone in a Seahawks jersey, they'd probably win that game. And that was the game Roethlisberger blew his arm out. Okay, so there, so there's that. Uh, San Francisco. I mean, the only thing San Francisco managed to do is give the ball away in that game, and the Steelers didn't want the ball back, so they decided they wanted to give it away. And then it came down to the wire. And then, as you said, James Conner fumbled the football. Right when you think that the Steelers are going to win the game in San Fran and get the job done. Um, and the most amazing thing that you told me is if the Steelers win and the Ravens lose Sunday night, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be one game out of first place. And I just find that completely, I just find that amazing to me. Like, I, I cannot even, like, fathom how that's even possible, how the Steelers are even close to being in first place in the AFC North. Because I'm with Uncle Trevor, I don't see the talent at all. I, I, I mean, I see T.J. Watt. He's a monster. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's a monster. Deontay Johnson, I like. I like him. I like him a lot too. John Johnson uh, for Pittsburgh, I, I really like him. He he uh, he he definitely stretches the field and gives Mason Rudolph a nice little deep threat there. They got a nice little rapport going on. You know, he he. he Miami was stupid enough to have a third and 20 all-out blitz. I mean, who in the hell thought that was a good idea? And, of course, they, they of course it backfired on them because there was nobody in the middle of the field. It was a zero blitz. Everyone's coming. Nobody in the middle of the field. Mason Rudolph just flipped it to him, and the guy was gone. Like, he, he could have moonwalked from the 20-yard line. That's how, that's how much green he had in front of him. Okay, just a stupid play call 
on the part of the Miami Dolphins to give the Steelers uh, their first points of that Monday night football game. Um, as for the Colts, man, they look bad against Denver. Oh, my goodness. They were, they were so bad. It took, it took Jacoby Brissett being a superhero to get that game, pull, pull that game out of the butts because they had, they had no business winning that game at all. They played like straight garbage against uh, the Denver Broncos. They should have lost the ball game. And Joe Flacco knows they should have lost the ball game and let loose on his entire coaching staff because they they managed to pull it out of their butts and get the win. Uh, I I don't I think Indianapolis has a good defense. Uh, I, I think I trust Brissett a little more than Mason Rudolph, and for that reason and that reason only, I'll lay the one point and pick Indianapolis uh, in, in the Steel City. Okay, you guys, have anything anything else to say about this game? No, nope. don't be nope. surprised when the bottom falls out to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Here you go. Uh oh, <laughs> you're out of the fold again. Yeah, he's out. He's on again and off again. I think now he's off again. Yeah. So, fair weather right. Here we go. Sunday night, the game that I've been waiting for to talk about all week long. The conjecture has been off the charts. Lamar, uh, Jason Whitlock over here talking about Lamar Jackson is going to beat where the Ravens are going to beat the Patriots twenty-four to fourteen, and I I don't I don't I fell over listening to that pod, the Speak for Yourself podcast when he said that I I don't almost fell over listening to it that that is that is so stupid I really don't even know what to say now I'm gonna start here because this is my team objectively um. Cleveland Cleveland really could have had a chance to really make that game close, but the reason they didn't make the game close, Nick Chubb found, found an amazing way to fumble the ball on back-to-back plays. And the second one was about a 75-yard run, and, and Jonathan Jones did an unbelievable job, unbelievable technique, punched the ball right out of his hand. It was I mean, Nick Chubb did everything right. Jonathan Jones has made a better play. Uh, we we fell on the football, uh, and that, that was pretty much all she wrote as far as the Cleveland Browns were concerned. But Nick Chubb averaged six point five yards a carry. Uh, that that's kind of worrisome. What also is worrisome for me in this ball game is Mark Ingram can run, and Mark Ingram will hold on to the football. That's the thing. He he won't just give the football up just like that. Okay. And my issue is for the Patriots, you better be certain that we can get to Lamar Jackson, because if you zero blitz this guy to death and you don't get him, the guy's going to have 250 yards rushing. Okay. we, We play the most man coverage of any team in the league. Okay. And that scares me against this guy because if you play man coverage against a running quarterback, you turn your back to him, he's gone. And this guy is Michael Vick except faster, shorter, and right-handed. Okay? That, that's what he is. That's what he reminds me of, at least. Uh, the guy is unbelievably fast. Um, but I think what we're going to do 
defensively. Um, we're going to have to stack the box, and we're just going to have to dare them to say, dude, if you're going to beat us, if you're going to end our perfect season, you will have to throw the football to beat us because I'll be damned if I'm going to let you run over, run all over Baltimore and, and, and end our perfect season. But if you can throw for 200, you know, about 250 to 300 yards, have two or three touchdowns, and you win 20 to 17, you know what, damn it, so be it. You know what, I, I, I can live with that as a Patriots fan. But if we let this guy get out here and play zero coverage and play zero blitz, be that arrogant because our corners are really that good and our safeties are that good as far as covering, if we don't get home, we play zero coverage, it's going to be a long night. Okay? And finally, I'll say that's the defensive side, and that's what Baltimore will do offensively. Uh, I think Hollywood Brown will be back. That'll uh, he, he, He's got Stephon Gilmore. Good luck, Hollywood Brown. I really like you. You're a good player. But good luck against the best corner in the league. Uh, good luck. Okay? And our offense. I'm just not – I'm not that impressed with our offense. Yeah, we're scoring a lot of points. It doesn't look that impressive to me. Um, our offensive line against teams like Baltimore, they could get exposed. The Redskins kind of exposed us, actually, because people forget the Redskins actually have a half-decent defense. They can get after people. Um, I expect Baltimore, well, while they can't get after the passer like they did earlier in the decade with guys like Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, um, Zadarius Smith when he was with Baltimore, you know, if we if we can hold up a little bit, we'll be we'll be pretty good. But uh, I'm gonna pick the Patriots. Honestly, the line's three three and a half. I'm laying that. I'm picking the Patriots. We're going to nine and zero against Baltimore this Sunday evening on NBC. Uncle Trevor, what do you think? Uh, Baltimore. That's just the game we should have saw last year in the playoffs. Baltimore allowed the Chargers to come in and get a big lead, and it went to New England and just went to sleep after after the opening kickoff. This is the game we want. People, Harbaugh is the equal to Belichick in coaching. Belichick is not going to outcoach Harbaugh. This is why Baltimore has had success against New England in the past. New England is not going to go in there and outcoach Baltimore's not going to lose because they're a dumb team with bad coaches, like so many other teams, going, like the Jets. The Jets were bad out-coach, and they humiliated themselves against New England. And Cleveland last week came in unprepared, three fumbles, three turnovers in the first quarter. You're not going to see that from Baltimore. You're going to go in there and beat them. And, you know, Baltimore's going to keep this game close, close because of, of their coaching. Now, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to pass because New England's not going to let him run, and they're going to come after him. They're definitely going to come. They're not going to let him sit back in the pocket. They're going to come after him, and they're going to, they got, they're going to have spies on him. So I'm interested to see how, how Baltimore is going to get around that. But I definitely expect this game to be very close and entertaining, unlike most of New England's competition, which they already defeated themselves before they get out in the field and go out and make – it made dumb plays as possible to ensure their defeat. You will not see Baltimore beat themselves. That's what I can guarantee. 
All right. I, I, like, I like what you had to say, Mom. What, what are your thoughts there? Well, I want to start off by saying, Quinn, you, you mentioned something early on about you don't know what is going on with Belichick and Brady, and he would Belichick would ship Brady out. I think the problem is Belichick does not feel that he needs to share the success of the Patriots with Brady. He thinks Brady gets too much of the um, the accolades for what has happened, and Belichick wants to have it all for himself. Uh, so I, I think that's what has happened over the years. Their relationship has eroded because, you know, maybe Thomas tried to insert himself and Belichick thinks, no, this is my team and this is how we're going to do it. And, and Brady wasn't trying to hear that. You know, he, he's earned or he thinks he's earned some respect, but Belichick's not trying to give that to him. So I, I think that's what's going on behind the scenes. All that said, it leads me to wonder if Belichick is trying to get Brady hurt out there because you and I have talked about that on some other uh, games we've watched. Uh, I guess against the Jets is really one of the big ones. Uh, why was he out there getting hit, potentially getting hurt, um, when it was, the game was well in the hands of the Patriots? Brady should have been sitting down and letting that, that backup, I guess, get some reps. Um, there is something really wrong there. And I think to Trev's point about um, Baltimore, I think Baltimore's defense is going to come after New England's offense. I think that's where the game is going to be won or lost. I believe that uh, the, the uh, Ravens' defense is going to get to Brady early and often. I also think on the the reverse, I believe that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be throwing downfield early and often and connecting because his balls are beautiful. I've watched some of his throws. I'm like, wow. So he's a threat. He will be able to run. He will be able to pass on those Patriots. I believe that Baltimore is going to win this game. Sorry, Quinn, but I, I, I think that New England's reign this year of being undefeated comes to an end Sunday night. All right. Um, okay, a uh, couple things. Uh, yeah, Brady being out there in, a, in lopsided games scares me because, I mean, or, I mean, Belichick thinks this guy must be like 25 years old and can take the punishment. The guy's 42. He's one hit away from being done. Okay, he just is. Um, you know, that that that's that's what frustrates me to no end with this. If you're up by 27 points with four minutes to go, why why in the hell is your number one quarterback, the entire franchise? Why in the hell is this guy out there? I don't I don't get it. I, I mean, please explain this to me. I don't I don't understand. Like Belichick, I'm not gonna go to to sabotage territory, but, you know, he, he, he want to get rid of Tom. And believe me, Tom, Tom's not going to be there next year. He, he's not. Uh, Belichick, if that's the last thing he does on the football field, will make sure Tom Brady is not a member of the New England Patriots next year. And Jared Stidham is the starting quarterback. And that's really, I mean, that, that's just a gut feeling. I, I don't want that to happen. But you know what? Maybe I do for Tom's sake because – 
Tom has got his absolute pick of the litter to see where he wants to go because there's about there's about uh, 32 teams in the league, about 29, 29 to 31 teams who trade their starting quarterback for Eric, for Tom Brady right now and probably have an absolute, like, stone-cold shot to win, win the title. I've been telling you, Mom, that I think Tom Brady should call Jerry Jones and say, Jerry, can I be your quarterback for one year? Or how, do you, do you, you want to win the Super Bowl before you die? Okay, let me let me go win you a Super Bowl. Give me a one-year deal. I'll move to Texas with you. I'll be, go go play on your team. I'll play in the NFC East for one more year, and we let's see if we can get this deal done. Because if you're not going to pay Dak Prescott, you're going to need to find a starting quarterback. And you've got a ready-made defense. You've got an absolute stud receiver. You've got an all-pro, all-world running back. And, you know, the, and all, all, most people think all you really need is a safety and a quarterback. Well, if you're not going to pay Dak Prescott what he's, what he's looking for, and the reports are like, yeah, Tom is up at the end of the year, well, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, uh, unless you want to get Phillip Rivers, I don't think there's any better spot for him if he wants to win a championship or get or go to a team that has not won a championship in a long time Say, just saying that Dallas doesn't get it done this year, uh, you know, I, I I would love to see it because, you know, then then we then Bob, you could actually have some nice things to say about Tom Brady for a shot for a change. He's winning football <laughs> games on your team, so uh. I don't know. That's just my thought. But look, uh, kickoff. Uh, I, we're we're going to pick all these games now. That was the throwback. That's sorry. No, it's not. Uh, it's live radio. Sorry. Forgive me. That was the game preview segment. Uh, unless Bob has any words to say about the Cowboys and the Giants uh, Monday night, we're going on to pick them here. That was the game preview segment, and uh, let's go pick some winners here, Mom. Unless you got something to say about your team on Monday Night Football, uh, we better win. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, you better win and. We better we better pick this game because they're about to kick the ball off here. Uh, let's okay. go, Dad won again. Dad won again for like the fifty eighth straight week, and I lost all points. I mean, unbelievable. Lost all points. Thirteen win week for me. Very proud of that. But can't can't that that's not getting me to the winners table. But hey, let's go. Uh, kickoff has just started in Arizona. Nice return up to about the 30-yard line for the Cardinals. So, Mom, coming to you, San Francisco minus 10.5 at Arizona. Who do you have? 49ers. Over Trevor. San Francisco. And make it a clean sweep. All right, Sunday at 9.30, you got the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville – or versus, sorry, the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Uh – uh, <laughs> Houston, maybe, uh, maybe Houston, Bob. Jacksonville. Jacksonville and uh, Uncle Trevor. Jacksonville. Man, I don't know. My, I might have to change that. All right. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. We have to pick the Redskins and the Buffalo Bills. I'm one guy in a Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo gets it done and keeps pacing the AFC playoffs. I am one guy in a Buffalo. Uncle Trevor. 
Where's this game being played? Or, or, Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Okay, I'll take, I'll take Buffalo. And then, Mom? I'm one gal on the Buffalo going round the outside, round the outside. All right, Mom. All right. <laughs> anyway, Min- Bob, coming to you, Minnesota at the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Who do you have in this ball game here? No, no line for this game. Minnesota. Uncle Unless Trevor. Back. Minnesota. Hmm. And make that a clean sweep as well. And, yes, uh, I'm sorry, guys. We also have to pick the Jets in Miami. The Jets are favored by three. I could care less. This is a yuck. This this is a yuck game all the way around. Um uh, uh, for no reason at all, I'll take the Jets minus three. Mom, who do you have? I, I can't believe Miami's going to go over 16. I'm going to pick Miami. And Uncle Trevor? Miami five, the Jets two. <laughs> you ain't no good, man. You're just wrong. <laughs> <sighs> The Chicago Bears are at the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday at one o'clock. I'm just going to leave that alone. I'm just, I'm just going to leave that alone. The Chicago Bears are at Philadelphia, and I refuse to pick the Chicago Bears. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles minus five. Uncle Trevor, Eagles, and Mom, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, indeed. Uh, Bob, Indianapolis at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Indy favored by one. Who do you have in this game? Oof. I'm going to go with the Colts. <clears throat> Uncle Trevor. Indianapolis. And I will go with Indianapolis as well. Guys, there's a lot of agreement here. This is this could be a problem. There, there, there is a lot of agreement uh, on, on this week's pick'em. Uh I think we're all going to agree that Carolina minus four is going to beat the Tennessee Titans in Carolina. Uncle Trevor, who do you have at this game? Oof. Ah, that's a that's a that's a closer game. Ah. Oof. I guess I go with Carolina. Carolina, Mom. Yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina at home. Yeah, you want you want to go Carolina? All right, and make that a clean sweep. Carolina. All right, 405, two bridge games here. The Detroit Lions are at the Oakland Raiders. And, yes, Mom, there is a, the Oakland Raiders are actually at home. They're, yes, I know it's been 9,000 straight days since the Raiders played a home game, but they're back at home. So uh, who do you have in this game? I have a tie. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I don't want to pick any of them. I hate both teams, like, seriously. Um, okay, I will pick Oakland because they are at home. Uncle Trevor? I guess Oakland. Uh, the line is two. I'll, I'll take Detroit plus two. Um, I, I like what the defense is not very good. I, I like what Detroit is doing. I'll take Detroit plus two. Uh, is anybody picking Jameis Winston over Russell Wilson in, in Seattle this week, or should we move on? Move on. 
Oh, Trevor? Yeah. I don't know. Bucks did beat the Rams, so who knows? Eh. Eh. Who knows? They got cheated last uh-huh. week, so. Are you going to pick Tampa Bay? What do you think? I'm just yeah, saying, it's not, it's not a clear cut as you might think, though. But I guess I'll pick Seattle. Seattle, and I'll pick Seattle minus six as well. Um, and the yuckiest, the two 425 games are as despicable uh, as you could get. The Cleveland Browns minus three at Denver. Um, uh, can I can I root for can I root for a tie in this game too? Uh, I'm rooting for a tie. I I don't know this. I I don't care. I don't I don't want to watch it. I don't care about this game at all. I guess because I have to make a pick. I'll take Cleveland because they have a they have a better quarterback, I suppose, than Denver. Uh, give me Cleveland minus three, Uncle Trevor. Hmm. Got a new quarterback in Denver, so it's an unknown. I don't know what to expect from him. That's that's the unknown here. I guess I pick Cleveland because of that. Ma? Yeah, this is a toss up for real. Another one. Um, yeah, oh, goodness. You know, I want to pick Denver at home. All right. Well, the Green Bay Packers, minus four. I don't know why this line is four. Uh, I, I I don't know why this line is four, really. The Chargers are not very good, and it's going to be a Green Bay Packers home game. Uh, give me the Packers by a lot, like a lot, lot. Give me Green Bay to go to eight and one. Mom. Green Bay. Uncle Trevor. Um, Green Bay. Green Bay. Sunday night. Obviously, you know where I'm picking. I'm picking the Patriots minus three and a half at Baltimore. Uh, well, I, su- I suppose Baltimore covers if it's three and a half by that half point, but I think it's probably going to end up at three. Uh, I think we'll cover. We'll win by a field goal. Come down the last two minutes. I'll go. Uh, I'll go with New England minus uh, three to three and a half. And the Cardinals have just scored a touchdown. And Kenyon Drake ran over Richard Sherman on his way into the end zone. Uh, <laughs> Arizona's Arizona's going to have a seven nothing lead as Kenyon Drake has just scored a touchdown. Uh, it, it was a pitch play. Ran to the right side, and he went in for about well, two or three yards out for the first touchdown of the game. Bob, who do you have this game? Let's go, Baltimore. All right, and Uncle Trevor. Uh, uh I guess I'll go with New England. Even after right. everything I said. Well, I mean you. Well, you could always you always pick Baltimore. It's okay, but I uh, I want to see Lamar Jackson prove it to me in a big game that he can pass. Because they're not going to let him run. Yeah, uh, at least that that would be the smart thing. Belichick will probably do uh, the smart thing, and if, if he is smart, he's not going to let Lamar run us out of the run us out of Baltimore. All right, Monday night. Dallas minus seven at the Giants. Mom, obviously you're picking the Cowboys minus seven, and she says they better win. Uh, yeah, they better. 
they they better. Uh, I'll pick Dallas minus seven as well. Uncle Trevor. Hmm. I'm tempted to say upset special here. Yeah, yeah. He, Bob, he's tempted, I, I, I really am. After the, with the, Jets, the only one that John, bothers John. me is Saquon Barkley. He's the one that really concerns me. The rest of the team doesn't. He's the only one that concerns me. That concerns me. <laughs> and, and, and the defense. Oh, boy. And the coach. Uh, oh. <laughs> and who else? And the kicker. And the, and the, and the, the owner. And the, and the owner. <laughs> well, uh, and, the state, and the state they're playing in. Uh hmm. I go Dallas. I guess I, I really don't like this pick. Wow. I think it's okay. John which has a beat. Well, I don't know, Bob, but uh, well, you better not lose to the Giants. That's all. That's all there is to say about that. And on that note, let's end the show before this gets out of hand. This has been the Always One Hundred Podcast live on Bartart Radio, BartartRadio.com. Please find the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under the name Always 100 Podcast. Twitter account uh, is getting up there. I'm going to have to do some marketing on that. The Twitter is at Always100Pod on Twitter. Check that out. It's going to be a show-based Twitter account, some sports opinions. You know, throw the show up when it's on Apple or Spotify just to promote it. Check that out there. Uh, Next week, uh, a couple big games next week. The Patriots are on a bye week next week. Sunday night, Mom's Cowboys are hosting Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to be a fantastic ball game. I'm excited to sit down and watch that. Uh, it's November, you guys. Amazing. Ne- next show, it'll be November of 2019. Just let that so- sink in. But as you let that sink in, we're going to sign off here. For Uncle Trevor, Mona, and the host Q, I'm Q. See you all next week, Always 100 Podcast. Enjoy the football and have a great weekend. Go Cowboys! Go Pats! Woohoo! See you next week, guys. Go Colts! (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, guys, Always 100 Podcast.